2: 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 6:30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio, 6.30 chat. Arizona's at the end of a shift here,
1: so Perlini gives it to Cousins. onto the ice. ekman Larson, drag move, poked away. It's going to be a breakaway to win it in overtime. Connor McDavid,
0: wrist shot, score. The extended breakaway for Connor McDavid, the game-winning goal tonight. At Rogers Place, the final Edmonton Oilers, three Arizona Coyotes, two Ty Ratty, who took a big tumble into the boards in the offensive zone on the previous Oilers rush, able to get back Into the play on the back check. Tapped the puck loose for McDavid. And from inside his own blue line, he was gone. He was able to peek back over his shoulder a couple of times to see where an Arizona pursuer might be. Went to his forehand. Antiranta played it pretty well. But McDavid able to finesse the puck just under the blocker and into the net for the game winner. One of two for McDavid tonight. Toby Reeder also scored for the Edmonton Oilers, shorthanded early in the third. That tied it up, setting the stage for overtime. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. It is 9.55. You're welcome to join in at 780-496-0063 or by texting 630-630. The Oilers improved to 5-1 and one in the preseason. They've been scoring a ton leading into this they had 27 goals in their first five games a little bit more of a tight checking game tonight Uh, teams getting closer to what they're going to have at the start of the regular season some more nhl caliber lineups in the game let's go downstairs live here's oilers head coach todd mcclellan todd it's the uh, the first game action after you've had those couple of early morning
3: practices how did you think your team played tonight or at least started given that uh, you know what, the, the game itself, the start of the game was fast. It was um, it was going back and forth. I think we only had maybe one or two whistles in the first 11 or 12 minutes, so there was a lot of pace to it. They're a quick team. They forced us to play on our toes. Um, did morning uh, skates yesterday and today have anything to do with it? I'm not too sure. I wouldn't put a lot of credence into that. Um, but the fact was that, that it was there was some pace to that game, and... Um, Yet, not a lot of chances either way. You really have to work to get to the net and, and create anything. Uh, you had to take advantage of the opportunities you got. I thought we did that in the two on one, the, the breakaway in overtime with Connor converting on both. Um, a good test for some of our players. Our game management um, skills have to improve. Um, I think a lot. We've got to understand situations. We've got to know when players are tired, not tired. Um, you know, those those parts of the game that are really, really important um, are often the last to come. you got to get rid of those summer hockey habits, and um, we're working on it. What did you think of Miko Koskinen's play tonight? I thought Miko that was his best game. Um, you know, he started off very shaky in Calgary, he got better uh, in Winnipeg. His first home game here, he was was very good. Even the first goal, you know, you'd say, geez, it'd be nice if he could have had that one. Is there was a skate that came up and made contact with his pad. He couldn't get it down on the ice. That's why it goes through. Uh, but he made some big saves. Uh, when we made some errors, he was there and uh, used his size and his strength to, to his advantage on a couple of the jam plays. So uh, he looked good. Uh, Ethan Bear's game tonight, did he just confuse the issue more for you for the sixth defense spot or the seventh defense spot? Well, him and I thought him and Garrison had a real good night again. Um, Ethan's done a lot of good things and, uh, you know, he's he's met our expectations. Uh, we'll have to make some decisions as we go forward now. Um, Garrison as well. Garrison doesn't get himself into a lot of trouble and uh, makes good, smart plays. His teammates uh, like having him around. So uh, our organization has some, stu- some tough decisions to make uh, over the next uh, 48 hours. We've talked a lot about you know, Ty Ratty and people playing around Connor, but maybe can you just address where Connor's game seems to be at right now? Um, You see him before the game during the anthem, looking like he's as focused as he would have been before a playoff game. Just what are you sensing from him and the way he's approaching this preseason? I sense um, um, responsibility. He's responsible for the group. He's presenting himself to the group as ready to go, trying to do things right, not cut corners or cheat. Um... It's uh, it's impressive at this point. I think he's doing a lot of things right. Um, his game is uh, it's always elite, and he's getting rewarded offensively, defensively for it. So uh, I like him leading our group right now. Good night.
0: Oilers head coach Todd McClellan speaking live in the wake of Edmonton's 3-2 overtime victory over the Arizona Coyotes. Obviously saying there's still uh, plenty of the things to work on here as they get ready to open the uh, regular season next Saturday in Sweden against the New Jersey Devils. Two preseason games left for the Oilers, one of them against an NHL opponent. That'll be Saturday afternoon against the Calgary Flames here at Rogers Place. 11:30 face-off show game at 1. On 630 Chet, and then Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. faceoff, they'll play the Cologne Sharks. Miko Koskinen, big story coming into this game, big goaltender, six foot seven, had not looked great in his first two appearances for the Oilers in the preseason. Uh, you heard McClellan say it, that was obviously the best we've seen of him in the three times we've we've seen him so far. Uh, First goal against wasn't a good one. Uh, McClellan did say, uh, you know, he thought there was a skate involved there that prevented Koskinen from moving as freely as he would have liked. The puck did trickle through him. Then pretty solid after that. He gave up a power play goal in the second period. Christian Fisher absolutely stepped into one and bombed it past Koskinen. But uh, the final line, pretty good for Koskinen, 25 saves on 27 shots. He stopped all 12 he faced in the third period. He uh, didn't have to uh, contend with a shot on goal in overtime. There was a tense moment late in the third period, about 2.20 left. Uh, Adam Larson gave the puck away. Richard Panik had a chance right in front. That one did kind of get behind Koskinen after he made the initial save, but Larson scrambled to whap it out of there. I don't know if it was going to roll in, but obviously Larson had to had to clean that up after he was the one causing a little bit of a mess. So a better game for Koskinen, and I think that's one of the big takeaways for me tonight. They needed him just to look more uh, solid. He seemed more in control Uh, that he was controlling rebounds, he was uh, catching pucks and getting face-offs. When there was a a, a rebound, he seemed to know where it was going and was tracking the puck a lot better. So that's a huge positive out of this game uh, that Koskinen able to make the saves that uh, he needed I know Al Montoya gave us that great quote last year. You have to stop all the ones you should and maybe a few that you shouldn't. So you know, maybe that first one, Coskinen should have stopped, but uh, but he's able to get it done tonight. 780 496 0063. We'll open up the calls with Eric this evening. Hi, Eric. Thanks a lot for calling in. You're on with Reed. Hey, brother. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Well, you know,
4: I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. But I tell you what, our boys played like hockey players tonight. They fought, and I mean, when McDavid, I mean, are you kidding me? Did you see how fast he was?
0: I've yeah, I've seen it several times. Now, Eric, aren't you the Ethan Bear supporter? Absolutely. Well, I he's mean, playing well, buddy. That I mean, he's not going away. Thought good, he had a pretty because, good game. You know, Bear is big and mean. Well, he's he's not he's not that big, Eric, but he well, he plays he played a good game a, though. The dog—it's the size of a dog's heart. Okay. You know, and and the fact that he's First
4: Nations, because I'm First Nations, right? Yeah. And um, I had my sweater made up last year with uh, the Big Bear, you know, and he um just. Awesome, awesome! Don't you think?
0: I think he did a good job tonight. He makes plays with the puck. I don't think he's been a liability in the defensive end. Obviously, for uh, a younger defenseman, that's what they have to work on. I, McClellan was asked about the pairing of Bear and Garrison, and McClellan said Bear has met expectations. And oh,
4: I, I think he's I think he's met more than expectations. I mean he he really did a lot of work uh, in the pre- like. La- this summer, like he worked hard.
0: Yeah, he did. He was challenged to come in in better shape, and, and I think he changed his body makeup quite a bit. And like, there's no doubt what he can do with the puck. I mean, he blasted that one off the goalpost today. It was uh, a beauty, eh? Yeah, that was a great shot, and he's pounded a, a couple other ones here during the preseason. Here's the thing: we we all know Eric that Yerbeck hasn't stepped up, so I think for six, seven, and maybe eight, it's between Garrison Bouchard. Uh, and Bear. And it, it depends if they want to leave Bouchard around for an audition, and it depends if they want to use a contract on Garrison. But uh, but I got to agree with you. Bear's uh, Bears doing a, a, a really good job, and I, I think he's worth to stick season, around. And
4: he told me, you said he wasn't ready. No, he wasn't he was, ready
0: last season. Pardon me, sir? He wasn't ready last season. He was getting an audition because they were a bad team out of the playoffs. He wouldn't have been called up otherwise. that right? I, I stand but by no that. Well, I hope you're right. Thanks, Eric. That's Eric at 780 496 Eric loves Ethan Baer. Uh, I don't agree with Eric that uh, Ethan Bear is big and mean, but he has uh, some other skills that are going to help him in the NHL. He will be an Edmonton Oiler down the road. Maybe it, we're a lot closer to that point in, in the road uh, than we thought, but he did a good job. And Garrison as well, uh, you know, I thought his first couple of appearances in the preseason were okay. Last two have been better, and what do you want from Garrison? He's a veteran. You want him to be steady. Uh, you know, I think he, he got a good one-timer off in the first period. He can still make the odd, decent offensive play. But if you want a, a safe option as your six-seven guy, maybe that's enough for Garrison to, to stick around. As Todd McClellan says, Garrison is not in a lot of trouble when he's on the ice. He made the point. Uh, this morning actually talking about the Vancouver game they looked at all the chances against for the uh, game against Vancouver and and Garrison wasn't involved in in a lot of the negative plays in the defensive zone and I I think you could say the same thing tonight as the Oilers get the past the Coyotes 3-2 in overtime Reed Wilkins with you I will apologize no Rob Brown tonight he better have some great stories when he gets back folks he is golfing in Ireland so he's going to be back on uh, Wednesday when the Oilers play in Germany. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Derek on the line. Good evening, Derek.
1: Yes, Reed. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Good. I actually, uh, I was all agree with my last caller saying it was a little apprehensive after the first period, thinking it was a little bit of a weak game. But I thought uh, Nurse had a strong game and was all over things tonight.
0: You know what, Derek, the one play I'm going to point out here is he rushed the puck into the offensive zone and he took it straight to the net and he created a little bit of chaos and a lot of times we saw him rush last year and then he would kind of hit the hash marks and then it was kind of like, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Yeah, and then and then he stayed
1: the play and kept her going for a little while longer too. Yeah, I thought he had a great game.
0: Yeah, Nurse and Benning were, were together and, and I think that's the next evolution in, in Nurse's game. I mean I don't I don't think that nurse is ever gonna become a 45, 50 point defenseman, but he might be able to be a thirty to thirty five who's also a pain in the butt to play against and is gonna hit guys and be now I would describe Darnell Nurse as mean. Probably 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 meaner than Ethan Bear. Uh you know, Bear might be able to put up more points long term if he really becomes a power play guy. But I, but I agree. Nurse uh, made some better plays going deep into the offensive zone uh, to keep offensive forays alive, if you want to call it that way. That was Derek at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll have post game reaction from both locker rooms as we go along tonight. You can also text six thirty six thirty. Garth says, "Do you have any comments on Lucic?" Well, I think I'll put that line together as a whole. Uh, I thought they had some good shifts in the offensive zone. I think uh, you see Yamamoto hanging around the net a lot more tonight. I I thought he was a little less deferential to uh, Dreisaitl and Lucic. Uh, Dreisaitl got a couple good shots away. Uh, Lucic had a couple good moments, maybe a couple tough moments with the puck, but that's kind of how he plays. Uh, I mean, I know he's going to be heavily scrutinized because of what happened the last half of last year, but even, you know, Lucic has been here two years. Even, even the good year he had here, he, he had some off nights and he had some of the same challenges um, that he had last season. So I'll kind of put that, that line together as a whole. I, I thought they were better. Than they were uh, two nights ago against Vancouver, but I mean, clearly, long term, if the Oilers are going to have a good season, they're going to have to be uh, productive and hit the score sheet. But I, you know, I thought they, I thought they had a decent game, not a great game, but I thought they had a decent game, and it's probably, I mean, really, the McDavid line, go, I thought got better as the game went on. Um, I thought that the other lines had had up and down moments. Cajula and Aberg I thought specifically were better in the third period than they were through the first two periods and I thought the Oilers as a whole came on You know, there's a couple of callers that have referenced the first period was not great the Oilers didn't get a lot of pucks to the net they didn't create a lot of chaos in the offensive zone but uh, they, they were better as the game went on, Koskinen made the stops that they needed. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. is it Dean up next? Do we have Dean? Yeah, what's up? We do have Dean. Hey Dean, go ahead
5: uh, so, do you think we even? So, looking at our roster right now, what do you think our top six is?
0: Well, I think five of them are automatic, Dean. <laughs> yeah,
5: I'd say. Well, taking away McDavid, look at like it, Lucic is he really considered a top six anymore? I think Pouli's kind of taken his spot. You know who has Pouli Arvy?
0: Oh, interesting. Well, I, I think they're going to start with Lucic on Dry Seidel's wing. Right. Uh, uh, it, I, I, sorry. No, go ahead.
5: Do you think it's because he's too expensive to put on the third line that they just don't want
0: to do that? I think that's part of it. I think the contract and the players' experience factors into it. I, I think they want to prove – not prove, but I think they want to tell them, like, hey, we we trust you, that you're the player you've been for the last – most of the last decade as opposed to the player you were for half a season. Uh, I think the top six to start the season is McDavid, Nugent, Raddy, Seidel and Lucic, and I – mean, Probably Maybe. Yamamoto gets the first shot there, and then Reader or Puli Yarvi can jump up into that spot.
6: Yeah, I
5: like Reader. He's looking good. He's fast. He's smart. He's. I, I feel safe. Like I think they feel safe when he's on on there rather than Yamo.
0: No, would you? Sorry, would your second line? Would your second line be dry between Reader and Puli Yarvi?
5: That's what I would think. And okay, then third would be Strom, Lucic, and then. I think you can put in. I don't think you could put Yamo on that line just because of the experience, but I think you could throw maybe I don't know uh, Kajula maybe if he can play the offside or.
0: Well, you're missing Kara too in all this, right?
5: Yeah, and you know what? Kara played really good this this uh, preseason, so he, he's kind of like the unsung hero. You don't hear a lot about him, but I think he had a hell of a, a hell of a training camp.
0: Well, he worked hard last season. I mean, he and he said it. I talked to him early in training camp, and he was like, yeah, I was healthy scratch at the beginning of last year. Like, I, yeah. I, I had a choice. I could pout or actually figure it out and, you know, earn the contract he got in the he, summer. He came know, a long way. Still. He's
5: still young he's, he's not, still. He's not old by any means, but like, he's still got some time.
0: No, no, he's still he's still an up-and-coming player. I think he has a decent shot. He checks. He proved that he can fight a little bit. I think he's a pretty solid third-liner. Um you raise an interesting point. I mean, I think I think Dean Puliyarvi's the guy who gets right now Yamamoto's getting the shot, but I think as soon as there's somebody who looks like they're not quite coming through, I think is the guy who gets bumped up.
5: Yeah, I agree. And on I'm, I'm not I don't think that Like, okay, don't get me wrong. Yamaha's going to be a great player. I just still i am not sold on him yet. I think there's a couple times that he just lost a few battles on the front. And, like, he had some goals. He has three goals, and he's looking okay. But I just don't think he's quite ready for that jump. But Pooley, he's looking fast. He's looking strong. And his cannon would break Chris Russell's ribs
0: if he was in front of it. Okay, well, Chris Russell would probably keep playing. But, uh, okay, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. 7804960063 Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. We're going to take a quick 2-minute break. Tony and Mike are up next on the phones. We're going to have post-game Reaction from both dressing rooms. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's ten twelve Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center.
2: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio
3: six thirty. Chair turned over by the Coyotes. Reader, left wing for Strom gathers himself. Dishes one timer
1: readers.
0: A shorthanded goal. That was just 35 seconds into the third period. Toby Reeder blasting a one-timer, taking the pass from Ryan Strom. So that made it 2-2. No scoring until 238 into overtime. McDavid on a breakaway. Raddy gets the assist. One of two tonight for Connor. And the Oilers get a 3-2 decision over the Arizona Coyotes. Three stars tonight. McDavid Clayton Keller for Arizona, who was very dangerous. He had a goal and an assist. And good news in the Oilers net, Miko Koskinen is the third star. He makes 25 saves on 27 shots. Arizona's power play, one for two, but they allowed the shorthanded goal. Edmonton's power play goes 0 for two. Uh, this texter says, I hope McClellan puts Ratty on the first unit power play. The line has chemistry. I don't see why they should be broken up. At this stage, Lucic isn't really a first unit power play guy. That's Danny from Vegerville. Well, that's you know that's a fair comment. I again, I just think Lucic is going to give him the give be given the chance. I I think they're going to give him the chance. He did get a power play goal early in the postseason. The, the thing with Lucici, he, he has to be the guy in front of the net. You don't want him handling the puck a lot on the outside. 780-496-0063. It is Tony who must be in heaven. He's got Oilers tonight. He's got Oilers-Eskimos doubleheader coming up on Saturday, so he's probably going to be calling the station multiple times. How's it going, Tony?
7: I actually forgot about that on Saturday. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be watching the Esmo game or not. Um, All right. My, I have two questions, actually. Uh, first one is... Um, We have Montoya and Koskinen as our backups. Um, Are we allowed to have three goaltenders on the roster, or are we going to have to get rid of, like, because I was feeling that Koskinen will be our backup. What do we do with Montoya?
0: Well, okay, here's the thing, Tony. They're allowed to take three goalies to Europe, so they can have 24 players for Europe, but the three of them have to be goalies, Uh, and then one of them gets sent down. I mean, that's the thing. They're going to wind up burying a guy in Bakersfield. Unless uh, in, in if Montoya gets sent down, maybe he gets claimed if there's another team that has goalie issues or really needs somebody. That's, well, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen, Matt.
7: And my second question is, with all these players, like with these players that we have on uh, P, on PTOs, like Garrison and um, and Chase and Chase on. Yep. I know that we even. I know that I've been hearing rumors and stuff about us putting Secura on a long-term IR. If he doesn't do that, how are we going to afford the? How are we going to afford these players? Because I think we only have like what seven hundred seventy thousand dollars left in contract space. So, what do we do about these guys who aren't PTOS?
0: Okay, so Aberg would go down to the minors, right? So then his money would then go to either Chase on or Garrison. You're you're assuming they both make it, right? That's well, your, well, that's, that's your, what I'm hoping yes. for, yeah. Okay, so Aberg I don't think, is gonna be on the team. So his contract would be buried in the minors and he doesn't make enough so it wouldn't count against the cap. And then you'd you'd still have just enough to give, you know, the the other guy his seven hundred or seven fifty. I that's the most likely scenario, cap friendly has the Oilers at one point four uh, for cap space. Oh, okay. I
7: it was because uh, when I looked at it like last week, it was seven point seven hundred seventy thousand. Yeah, I know. It used thing. to
0: say that too. I don't know because they have Montoya. Yeah, see, they so now they have Montoya in the minors, and he most of his salary wouldn't count against the cap because it's a, basically a one million dollar. Um. It's 1.0, I think it's 1.03 million doesn't count against the cap. Okay. So Mon, So they have Montoya in the minors and only 38,000 of his counting against the cap. And then uh, Koskinen's obviously at, at 2.5. That's how cap friendly has it outlined right now. So that adds up to a 1.4 million in cap space. So you could bury Aberg and then say sign both Chaseon and Garrison for 700 each.
7: Okay, I, I just wanted to know because I, as I know, Sh- Sh- Upshaw got canned for, I have no idea why, so. Well, he wasn't was just...
0: healthy, so they released him from the PTO. That's what they said.
7: Okay, well, I'll play Colin Saturday. I haven't decided yet, but hope you have a good one, man. <laughs>
0: okay, thanks 20- <laughs> uh 7804960063 as uh, the Oilers win 3 2. In overtime, Connor McDavid gets the winner. Uh, he got that breakaway, and you—you you probably knew that it was—it was going in. Uh, we'll go back to the phone lines and welcome Mike to the show. Hey, Mike, you're on with Reed. Thank you very much for calling.
4: Hey, Reed, how's it going, buddy? Doing well. Good, good. Uh, quick question. I know Bob touched on it during the game, but like starting Koskinen in, in Europe, wouldn't that be a smart idea? Considering he, he hasn't had anything more than a 2.42 ERA in the last seven years.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he'll get Wednesday's game. Uh, you know, and I wonder if I wonder if Talbot would just not want to bother playing on the bigger ice surface with the different angles you know, on Wednesday, right? Like, I wonder yeah. if that's another chance for Koskinen to just kind of get more comfortable in net. Though I, maybe he won't want to go back and forth either. But I, I would think if, if Talbot's only going to play... One of the remaining two games, I, I would think he would sooner play Saturday, play at Rogers' place, play against the Flames, not worry about playing on the big ice surface in Europe, and then maybe Koskinen gets another game to, to try to get comfortable. I got to tell you this, Mike, and you, you can tell me how you feel. I, I'm not sitting here now feeling totally sold and comfortable on Koskinen. I just feel a little better than I did three hours ago.
4: No, for sure. And I agree. Uh, My only thing is like, and I know it's weird not to start your starting goaltender uh, for the season too, but like, once you consider that winning games is what's important right now. And uh, with his record in Europe, you think you might want to start him for the first game of the season? Like what's your
0: thoughts? Oh, on Oh, for the actual regular season game. Yeah, the actual. No, regular no, no. Season. Sorry, Talbot yeah. will start that one, and that one's played on NHL size iced. I apologize. Oh, is it? Okay, okay. Yes, I didn't know the that. Yeah. Uh, give that. Look up that rink if you can. Uh, it's called the Scandinavian, and it's okay. adjustable, for lack of a better oh, term. Okay. They can they can adjust the boards. Uh, no, sorry. I I, th- I thought you were just talking about the Germany game. I was saying well, maybe, do, like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe Koskinen in Germany, Olympic size ice for the preseason game Wednesday, but definitely Talbot against the Devils next Saturday. Yes.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that part. So yeah.
0: Okay. okay. Cool. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Mike. 780 496 0063. We can uh, get to Josh here in a minute, but first let's buzz down to the Arizona dressing room. They are coached by Rick Tockett.
6: Tough to lose that one with uh, the overtime like that on the toe drag and the giveaway, but what do you think?
8: Yeah, I know. We had our opportunities. We had the 2 1. We had our power play. We gave him a the short end. And, uh, it was a good game. I mean, uh, you know, obviously McDavid was the difference tonight those two goals. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, it's an exhibition game. We got some kinks, so we got a lot of work to do, but, you know, it was a good game. Teachable
6: moments out there?
8: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, coaches always say there's teachable moments, but, uh, we, you know, like I said, there was a couple of opportunities we had a chance to kind of get that go ahead lead, uh, but uh, we kind of, that power play, the shorthand was a big, big boost for
6: those guys. Especially when it's in like, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> Is, do you give them the message that you got to come out guns a blazing at the start of the period? Oh, yeah,
8: for sure. I mean, we, we mentioned that. And we actually practiced a lot of uh, power play where we actually get a flood, so the guys had to wait 10 minutes so to get their focus level. So we tried that. But uh, obviously, this is le- you know, you want to do it now. These are learning lessons in the exhibition. But uh, like I said, you know, McDavid, was a, uh can't let him have breakaways. <laughs> Ranta, What would you think of him? He's good. Rance was good tonight. He's been good all camp. You know, he's a uh, he's a
6: solid force. And where do you go from here? Do you want to get to your opening day lineup uh, sooner rather than later?
8: Yeah. You know, we're gonna get the you know the guys. Uh, hopefully, gonna play opening night in our next game. And um, we've got some injured guys gonna come back eventually. So it should be. Uh, it's just uh, like I said. We, uh, every day we gotta learn uh, something different every day. What's the expectation? Do
6: you think you guys are gonna hang there all year?
8: Well, I mean, we want to be competitive. You know, if you want to if you want to compete, uh, you got to do the right things for long periods of time. You know, that's that's just the key, and we uh, we can't be an inconsistent team. We have to be consistently play the right way, and uh, that's hard to do. You seeing those signs? Yeah, no, it's been a good camp. You know, we got a lot of work to do, though. But I have seen those signs, yeah, for sure. Thank you.
0: That is Rick Tockett one on one with our Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room, Coyotes. Unable to seal it in the third period tonight, and uh, the Oilers tie it early in the third and get the winner from McDavid on a breakaway in overtime. 3-2, Edmonton takes it. You can text 630-630. Kevin from Stoney says, Oilers fans, please understand Lucic is going nowhere. He's on the second line and the first unit power play until well after Christmas, regardless of his productivity and team success. Kevin then adds he is a future buyout. And Oz says, I don't understand why fans are already lining up to trash Lucic's play this season. He's doing well. Wait five to ten games into the season before forming an opinion. Has he become the new Horkoff? We are always looking for a whipping boy, it seems. That is a text to Oz from uh, 6 uh, to six thirty, six thirty. 6.30. Oilers went 3-2 in OT. alright nine six zero zero six three. We have Josh standing by on the line. Josh, what is going on? Hey, Reed, how you doing? Doing well. Good. It's actually uh, Roster Josh just hanging out here in Calgary. He to his
1: game on 6-3. Chad. Cool. I uh, just got a couple questions for you.
0: Yeah, I'll try, buddy. Go ahead.
1: Okay, uh, just wondering how think uh, how you think Cassian is safe with uh, Chase on coming on, and maybe there could be a early season trade for Cassian, getting him out of town because he's got a bit of a heavier contract than Chase on, and I think Chase on can do a lot of the same things that Cassian can do, but for a lot lower price point.
0: Okay, that's that. Well, good question. Uh, I mean, Cassian has to bounce back like a lot of guys on the team. He, you know, he shoots right, so uh, what, you got Kajula shoots left, Chason shoots left. I don't think Aberg is going to be around, so I think that kind of gives Cassian that that right wing spot, and, you know, I I think they're hoping Cassian gets back to playing kind of that, you know, gritty, aggressive um, type game that made him successful the year the Oilers made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I mean, he makes a little more for uh, for a guy in that. What is he at again? Is he at 1.1? I think. He's
1: definitely up there. I just know that they haven't seen the same type of play out of him. Well, he's at 1.9. Uh, my mistake, he's against,
0: at
1: 1.9. Yeah, he had that huge round against San Jose, and they had that big uh, round against Anaheim yeah. where he looked like a wrecking ball out there. And then yep. the last year, he kind of did nothing. And for the most part, for me, at least, this preseason, he hasn't really done anything at all either. So I'm just wondering... They could have the same type of player for a cheaper contract if some team out there would be interested in
0: Cassian. Oh, I see what you're saying. We could ship him out for something and at least get a bit of that contract off of the books for a little while. Yeah, well, you know, fair question. I just, I don't know who... So your fourth line then is Brodziak, Chaseon, and Kajula, so somebody goes to his off wing? Yeah,
1: well, I don't mind Kajula. I mean... It's tough to say, but I just feel like there's guys pushing up. But I just think you could ship Cassian off for something and maybe a couple future picks and bring up something because he just hasn't done anything. He hasn't been that kind of mad dog right. in a well, shop that we saw. Yeah, and fair he hasn't really enough. Brought any of that intangible element.
0: I, I think he'll get a chance to do that before they before they shop him. I also wonder. I, I quickly mentioned this the other day. Somebody uh, asked about Cassian. If the Oilers' penalty kill is better this year, I wonder if that enables him to play more of that game. So that's something to keep in mind. What's your other question?
1: Uh, my other question was, um, they've got Lucic on the power play unit. I'm just wondering if they wouldn't be better served by having Kyra uh, play up on some of those minutes because he's a big guy. He's got pretty good hands around the net. and I'm just wondering, like, I know they want to get Lucic going and everything in the preseason to make him live up to the contract, but... Kyra can do a lot of things that Lucic can do down low and in tight. I'm just wondering if they wouldn't be served to put Lucic or uh, Kyra on first or second unit power play at some point just to try it out and see how it goes because he's yeah, th- hands around the net. He's a big guy.
0: I, I think that previous texter said it. Lucic is going to get a-, a lot of chances on the first unit, and I do think we will see Kyra as one of the guys rotating in on the second unit. And you're right. He's shown some promise with his shot and uh, and his you know, strength down low and around the net. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Jujar get power play time this year. But, again, I think Lou just staying on that first unit for the time being. Fair enough?
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Anyways, just thank you for doing what you're doing. I love listening to you guys out here in Calgary, and – Keep it up, and let's go over
0: the season. Okay, right on, Josh. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. 780-496-0063. We are uh, coming up to the 10.30 news. We're going to do a quick uh, two-minute news and weather. Rocket is next up on the phone line. You will hear from Connor McDavid, who gets the game winner this evening. We'll run down the, the other NHL action and what happened in the NFL tonight. That's all coming up. Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center.
2: This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Channel.
0: Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10:33. The Edmonton Oilers have beaten the Arizona Coyotes 3-2 in overtime to improve to 5-1 and one in the preseason. Connor McDavid scored twice, including the game winner. Toby Reeder had a shorthanded goal. Assists tonight going to Strom and Raddy. Koskinen, your winning goaltender, 25 saves on 27 shots. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can text 63630. I uh, had a caller uh, a couple minutes ago asking about uh, Cassian's performance in future with the team. This texter says Cassian uh, isn't given an opportunity to do much more than be a bull on the third line. The game is moving to a place where people like Cassian don't produce and uh, can't keep with the pace, uh, then yes, he won't have an opportunity in the NHL, but I don't think he's hurting us in depth. I don't think the Oilers would get much for him if they ship him out, so if the Oilers are serious about competing, then Cassian is good depth for the playoffs. That is a text to 630-630. right. before we go back to the phone lines, we're going to go down to the Oilers dressing room. The captain, he got the game winner. Here's Connor.
6: Uh, yeah, um, I definitely had a lot of time. Um, checked to see if maybe Rats was coming and how hard the D was coming and tried to make a move. It wasn't uh, my best move, but found a way to get it. I was
9: curious,
1: your, your two-on-one goal, kind of made a little quick cut to the right. Is that to create space there to give yourself a lane? Uh, I don't know. It's just playing
6: hockey. i trying to make a play, trying to keep options open.
7: You guys,
8: um, you're getting down in the number of games you have left here. Do you feel like I mean it was a
6: tighter game tonight? Pretty good decor you were playing against. What do you make of where you're at? Yeah, they're a good team. They're actually a really good team. Um, you know, they did a lot of good things. They played hard. They didn't give up much. Um, I, mean, I like the way we were able to respond. Uh, they came out, came out hard, but I thought uh, we did uh, a good job of staying in it and, and, uh, and uh, you know keeping ourselves in the game all the way along. And Miko um, made some big saves, um, kept us in it, and found kind a of way in overtime.
5: How's the chemistry been? With uh, Ty Raddy joining your
6: line there, it's been good. I know mean, lots were made about that. Um, you know, I thought we still had our chances tonight. Um, obviously, we didn't score quite the rate we were before, but I still was able to find a way to contribute to, to the game.
0: why All right, Brendan Escott work in the Oilers' dressing room. McDavid, uh, well, you know what? So Raddy still winds up getting a point tonight. Gets the assist on the game winner. Just the the quick little tap to to put the puck forward for McDavid to break away. I still thought Raddy had a good game, and I've been watching him, obviously, pretty closely, and and you get to see a lot of the plays away from the puck when you're in person and high above the ice like we are here at Roger's Place. He's going to the net. He's stopping on the net. There was that play in the second period where there was a rebound, and he tapped it just wide of the post, and I was watching him because he he was driving in, and... He made sure he stopped on the net and worked into a position. And, you know, we've had Oilers players in the past and present too where they do the flyby if the puck happens to be there at that perfect instance uh, they might get a tap in but Raddy's making sure he's stopping on the net and, and making himself available and it's really paid off for him and you know he had a couple close calls tonight wasn't able to score uh, but I still thought he had a had a pretty good game and I did think the McDavid line got better as the night went on I know Jack and Bob referenced it during the play-by- play McDavid had a couple moments where you know the puck bounced away from him and he couldn't quite finish plays but uh, they really came on and were dangerous uh, Nugent Hopkins had a good chance cutting in with about 12 minutes left. McDavid got it to him down low. Uh, Raddy had a chance uh, or McDavid had a chance cutting in. Got by uh, Richardson. Was able to get a cut on goal. Couldn't quite s- score. So maybe a slow start for that line, but still pretty good overall. Okay. 780 It's our old buddy Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket.
4: Rocket, do hey, we re- have you? Yeah, we. I'm here, buddy. How you doing?
0: Yeah, good. Go ahead, man.
4: I'll be very honest with you. I uh, I was I was sleeping and I woke up after the game to watch the Ryder Cup and that starts at oh, midnight. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have a, a question about uh, toscan and uh, and and Raddy. Like, is is is? Do you think Raddy is a lock? And what do the Oilers do? Or what are their options? If uh, this this goaltender, this
0: backup goaltender doesn't work out, well, I think Raddy's a lock. I mean, like to be on the team day one, how would he not be? You can't send him down. Like, is that what you mean, or do you mean? Oh,
4: yeah, I mean a lock, a lock on McDavid's line rather. Is, oh, is I think what so. I
0: mean. Yeah, I think he gets. I think he now has to play his way off the line. And and I think he's even earned enough leash now that if he goes a you know a, has a dry spell scoring in the regular season that if he's doing enough other little things right like you know still checking and all the board work that he's been praised for then I think he gets to stay there for a while. Now, yeah,
4: like the game the games that I have seen, I mean he's been unbelievable in the chemistry. You can just tell that there's there's chemistry there between those three players. I didn't see it tonight, but if he racked up another point, I mean. I mean, this guy's getting points
0: every game. He got an assist on the overtime goal. Okay, as for the goaltending, here's here's what I think is going to happen. All of them, they'll, they'll take all three to Europe because you can take an extra guy. Okay. Uh, um, and Koskinen gets every opportunity to be the backup. I don't know much, how much he plays early in the season. Bob and I were looking at the schedule. They don't have a back-to-back until Nashville-Chicago, the ninth and tenth games into the year. You know, maybe Talbot plays all eight of the first games, and, and then Koskinen gets in a little bit later on. Like mm. uh, I, I mean, he got the contract, and and I know coaches like to say, and Todd even said it. Well, you know, we don't pick teams based on the contract. Well, not entirely true. I mean, if you have Yamamoto pushing for a spot on his entry level deal, you know, he's he's going to get the spot. Koskinen has two and a half million dollars for a one year deal rocket you know how many minutes Al Montoya has played in the preseason yeah not many 20 20 like he, plays, he he's played, played period? one period it's it's not a competition for the backup <laughs> spot it's no. like the job is is koskinen's and uh you know he's going to get every chance to lose it so i think
4: he's doing a good job so far <laughs>
0: Today was better. Today was better. So we got to give him that. Uh, he didn't inspire a lot of confidence first couple starts, first one especially. So I think they all go to Europe, they come home, Montoya gets sent down, and uh, then, you know, Kostin gets a chance to, to, to be the backup. I mean, I, I, here's the thing. I don't think they're, obviously, since they went out and got in Well, I'll ask you this, Rocket, as a guy who watches pretty much all the games. Were, did, Kos- did Did Montoya make you confident when he appeared last season? Not at all. Okay, so they went out and got another backup, and now, so far, we're not thrilled with him. Look, the backup goaltending is probably the biggest question mark, because the forwards have looked okay. You know, the guys you were hoping to step up, most of them have stepped up, and you feel better. Well, Uh,
4: the right right wing was a concern, and doesn't appear to be anymore, based on the youth in the Oilers organization that is starting to, you know, prove themselves, and and if Cooley RV needed the extra year and now he's going to be what we expect him to be and Lucic comes back and Yamamoto makes a case and does what he does which is not being afraid of getting in front of the net kind of like Gallagher from Montreal then yep you know maybe we're a different team now
0: Right. So, so there are still some questions on defense. Um, it's probably between Bear Bouchard and Garrison. I think Garrison's going to get a contract. Wow. Um, and then the backup goalie's a uh, huge question mark. Now, the good thing is Talbots looked comfortable. If he, if he, you know, if he's keeps playing like he has so far, then he looks great. He's going to be back to how he was. He looks great. But, but like Todd said. They don't want to play him seventy-three games like they did in the playoff year, and they don't just want to give points away when the backup goes in. You, you want you want a backup who's at least going to be as good as as the guy at the other end and give you a chance. Yeah, so, and so that's, that's where that we're was, at.
4: That was pretty much my point. With the question is is um, you know who who is going to replace those twenty games if this guy doesn't work out? Basically,
0: so well, and then I don't know if there's another guy you you acquire or maybe there's somebody else on waivers going into the season but how good is that guy going to be like it's not it's not it's not a position backup goalie is is not a position of strength so it could be Talbot Karen as much mail as he did 2 years ago rocket thanks for calling in very very good thank you and uh, you will hear from Miko Koskinen when we get back the winning goaltender Edmonton 3 Arizona 2 in overtime Canadian Brew House overtime open line from the Osman Auction Broadcast Center
2: Fly. From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line
1: on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Mario Kempe Center's deflected and what a save made by
0: Koskinen on Lawson Kraus point blank. So Koskinen gets the win, first goal, little shaky, bounced back after that, Oilers take down the Coyotes 3-2 in overtime. Here's the big finish goalkeeper
1: ways to go or? no not even close yet you know there's beginning of the start uh, season 5 months off after the last game so it's, it takes a little bit of time but uh, this time in the right way how do you feel you played tonight uh, that was uh, definitely my best best game so far but uh, still not la- like close what i can what i can do but it's
8: a good step mm-hmm. Do you think it's a good idea to play the game in Germany on the big ice for you, or is it a, do you not want to play on the big ice? Anymore?
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess we didn't get the answer to the last question. I'm in suspense. Uh, that's Miko Koskinen, who uh, is the winning goaltender for the Oilers uh, tonight. I, I wonder if he will play that game in Germany. I think it could happen. Matt out of Troshu. Says, uh, hi, Reid, could you comment on what Todd McClellan might be thinking putting out the same guys on the power play that was 30th in the league last year, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, well, it was 31st. It was last. I don't see why you wouldn't take these preseason games to test out different combinations like adding a right-handed player instead of all lefty. Well, that's a good question, and I, I totally understand that argument. Why isn't there a right-handed shot? On uh, playing on his off wing with McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. I, th- those five guys weren't... I'm trying to think. If they were together last year, they weren't together much. I mean, Clefbaum didn't finish the season. Uh, Nugent Hopkins was often on, uh, on the other unit, uh, and they had some right-hand shots playing there at, at times. I don't know if the, all those five lefties were together very much on the power play last season. They want to throw... Their best offensive guys all on one unit. That's that's what they're thinking. So you had Nuge out there, McDavid, Dreisaitl. You put Klefbaum on the point, and then you got Lucic as, as the net front presence. You know, he's the big body who's played that position before. Now, I totally understand Matt's argument. Do you have, if do you put a right shot at the point, like Matt Benning, like Ethan Baer, like, like Evan Bouchard, you know, even as as a rookie, do you put him up there? Um, do you take Nugent Hopkins off so he's the the setup guy on the second unit? Maybe Ryan Strome could go on as uh, as a right hand shot. Absolutely, whole bunch of other options, but you know that's that's who they're going with. That that's what they want to work. They they think having McDavid, that they're saying McDavid, Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins are our best offensive players. Clearly, they're the best setup guys. They can. Finish plays. They can keep plays alive. They can be creative. So they're going to throw all those guys out there together. That that that's that's the thinking there. Uh, if it doesn't if it doesn't work, Matt, then yeah, absolutely. Then the the first change would be to put a right handed shot on that power play. I would think. Um, but that's how they're going to start. Hopefully it's work. I mean, there's nowhere to go but up a power play. If the power play is not incompetent, it's going to be an improvement on last season. 3-2, the Oilers win tonight. The power play uh, did not score. It goes 0 for 2. Back uh, with uh, Clayton Keller from the Arizona Coyotes. He had a pretty good game. Some of your final thoughts as well. 7-8.
9: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: 04960063 Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre.
2: Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
0: Chan. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Edmonton winning 2-1 over... Geez, man. I'm in preseason form. Winning 3-2 in overtime (laughs) over the uh, Arizona Coyotes. The shots were 27-24 in favor of the Coyotes. Connor McDavid, six shots... For the Edmonton Oilers tonight, he scores twice and is plus two. McDavid also wins seven out of his 11 face-offs. Drysidel won seven out of 12. Brodziak, seven out of 14. Uh, Reeder took four face-offs. only only won one. Tough night in the circle for Strom. He uh, won three out of 13 draws. So the Oilers, 46% in the face-off circle tonight. Reader had the other goal for the Oilers. That was shorthanded early in the third period. Clayton Keller... He was the second starter tonight. I thought he was the best Coyote. He had a goal and an assist. Here he is with Scott Johnson.
6: Well, what do you think? I mean, you got the goal right off the top. you Hung with them all night. It was.
9: What do you think? Yeah, it was a good hockey game. I think uh, they had a big, big push there, and to start the third, obviously, power play's got to be better. We got to uh, get some chances there and not let them get a goal to get back in the game. So, uh, definitely learn from it, and uh, now looking forward to our next preseason game and getting ready for the season. Are you looking forward to the next? I mean, aren't you at the point where let's go, let's start playing for real? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's all part of the process. I mean, it's to get ready for the regular season, and um, we we're, we're learning every game we're trying different things so it's kind of good to get these games and uh, see how you feel. How good do you think you can be? I think we can be great this year. I think uh, we learned a lot about ourselves as a team last year, and um, we know what to expect from coach. So um, every day we're learning, we're getting better, and um, it's, it's, it's a fun group. It's, it's awesome.
6: Because what did you take from last year with the slow start and then how you built through the year?
9: Yeah, we really uh, stuck together. I think that's the biggest thing, and we didn't mail it in. We, we battled every single game the rest of the season, and um, I think at the end of the year we had some success, and that's over with now. But uh, we're going to hopefully get off to a good start here.
6: And, and what are you picking up from these games like you know that was a lot of speed you were against out there tonight McDavid gets the goal in the overtime when you know it's so drag didn't work the way that
9: uh, Larson Moner. what what do you take from this yeah it's uh, like I said a learning experience I mean three three is uh, it's fast paced it's anyone's game there's rushes back and forth so um, he's an unbelievable player and uh, he's really skilled so um, you got to do everything he can to try to stop him, and uh, I think we'll we'll look forward to the next game. Thanks for this. Thank you.
0: Scott Johnson talking to Clayton Keller in the Arizona dressing room. They will be an interesting team to watch. Uh, you, I, I don't think they have quite enough to be a playoff team, but they started horridly last season. They were 0-10-1. They didn't win their first game until October 30th. I, I mean, we talked a lot about how a bad start killed the Oilers last season, but, but I mean, Arizona didn't even win... A game until their 12th game of the season uh you know november and december they still weren't that great they they kind of became a a 500 type team in january and february and then hey you got to hand it to the coyotes down the stretch in in march and april they were 11 7 and 2 not not great but but decent i mean you that's that's uh you know, a, a 44-win season over the course of the whole year. Now, of course, the knock on that is going to be the, the games didn't mean anything. Sometimes you're playing against other teams who uh, aren't in the playoff race, so you don't have the intensity of of scratching out every point and and trying to nail down a playoff spot. But uh, Keller's a good player. He can shoot the puck. He's, he's uh, pretty creative. He was pretty good tonight for the for the uh, Coyotes, definitely. And they still have Oliver ekman Larson on the back end, and sure, his uh, offensive attempt didn't work in overtime allowing Raddy to set up McDavid uh, on the breakaway, but he remains one of the best defensemen in the NHL. These two teams will play four times in the regular season. Okay, we're winding her down here on overtime open line. Uh, so the Oilers are 3-2 winners. They're 5-1 in the preseason. Saturday is going to be fun on 6.30, Chet. 11.30, we'll sign on with the faceoff show here at Rogers Place. The Oilers host the Flames at one We'll take you through the game. We'll have an abbreviated edition of Overtime Open Line until 4.30. Then we'll go over to the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium where Dave Morley will bring you the countdown to kickoff for Eskimos and Bombers, and then they'll call that game starting at 5. So a full day of sports on uh, Saturday here on 6.30, Chet. Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place, the studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. Rob Brown will return to our broadcast next Wednesday morning. Morning, when we have the game from germany on behalf of jack michaels and bob Stoffer, i'm reed wilkins canadian brew house overtime open line from the osmond auction broadcast center three two oilers take it in overtime mcdavid the winner have a great night Six thirty, chad inside
2: sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 6 30 chad